Hello, everyone. We haven't had a false start at the beginning here for very long, but maybe we just did today or maybe we're coming in with the cold open. Anyway, what's up? What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to a Thursday episode. As you know, we're experimenting with all these episodes, so we're up to 120 live streams. Tuesday, we had a really exciting conversations about front ends as a service, and we uh, re uh, announced the table of contents attribute, and along with that came the attributes API. And so we're continuing the conversation today about that attributes API kind of just jump all over the you know what does it mean how uh, can people use this we'll talk a little bit about um, you know the front end as a service and we'll recap that stuff a little bit and how this fits into the future of Webflow etc um, but you know we're just gonna go through the conversation here so leave your thoughts in the comments uh, these conversations are always very fluid as we go so what are you thinking Joe as we get back into this here I'm thinking also table of contents we we came in here thinking let's talk api and we will talk api but also if you want to talk table of contents we're ready to talk about that too if you have a use case you want to show and share we can look at that and see if the table of contents is a good use for that so yeah this is a another open episode and really focusing on that powerful session just two days ago yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, record breaking attendance Tuesday. I don't know that we'll get that kind of turnout again today, but we're going to have a lot of fun with the folks who are here with us. So what's up? Tony seats is hanging out in the background. Um, we're going to suck you into the chat. I know we got to get Tony into this. He's he's thinking he's just going to listen in the background and work. But now nah, we're going to pull him into the show. So what's up? <laughs> Jane is here saying hi, guys. Watching these streams is becoming a habit. Yes. Tell your friends. Come on. This is what we do. Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon Eastern. You come and hang out with the FinSuite crew and we get wild talking about Webflow. David is saying hello from Israel. Armando's here. Maria. Hello. Hello. Rahul is in the house. Aida. Hello. John Matias. Hello, everyone. Hit that like button now so you won't forget. That's right. There's 29 with 20 likes. So we're almost concurrent. Let's keep that count going up the rest of the show. We appreciate Appreciate that and so does YouTube. Nimesh, hello, Frank, what's up? Warada, Brianna, hello, give uh, Brianna some love here. Uh, welcome to the world of Webflow. I saw your tweet earlier. I know you were at the uh, show and tell and I've seen you around a, a little bit, but uh, let's all make sure we're welcoming Brianna into the community. Hello, Dimitri, Jesse here, Alexandro, hello, Fazlu. Let's see. The attributes API means that FinSuite is doing everything to stay the most renowned Webflow agency and keep Webflow on top of the game. Yeah, nice. we're trying to push the limits there. Uh, any thoughts on that specifically, Joe? Well, that is exactly what we want to do, Frank. We want to really create the best tools, the best experiences so that we can all grow in Webflow together. So yeah, thank you for saying that. That's what we're trying to do. Nice. John Saxon saying, don't know nothing about APIs, but pumped to hear more about it. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know a lot either. To be honest, I'm just learning about APIs and I think that's what no code is doing right now. It's introducing a lot of people who have maybe heard of these terms or have like uh, seen them cross paths in some technical way before and kind of known, hey, I know that that's an application programming interface, but what do I do with it? What does that mean for me? How do I leverage that in my toolkits? And so I think that's the fun of this no code thing is that we're all kind of being exposed to a little bit more of the technical complexity of what comes with code. And I think that's what keeps it exciting is that we're always learning. We're always testing the boundaries of our skill set. And um, that that's all that's a lot of fun so um yeah dimitri uh saying i purchased that from pro on the day of the announcement as a token of my respect for the huge work you're going doing to enhance the features and usability of webflow sorry for my english no sorry for my terrible reading of that but thank you for <laughs> jumping perfect in. i know the english was good and i'm the one that butchered it <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dimitri. Thank you. Nice. Arvind, hello. Akash, hello. Brianna saying, I have a project. I need to use APIs this week. So divine timing. Perfect. Hello, Darren from the UK. Lucas Machado. Hello. What's up, Juan? Vishal? Uh, Dave? Curious about the API? Okay. Hello. All right. Let's jump into this uh, real quick. One thing we wanted to do, uh, we don't do a lot of announcements usually on Thursday, but there's a cool event coming up tomorrow that I wanted to tell you all about. So let's jump into this. We've got Flowchella happening. Um, yeah, tomorrow. This is a cool event hosted by Melissa Mendez and Keith Armstrong. They have been popping up all over this Webflow community and um, just really awesome. The, the Webflow party stuff, the Webflow show things they're doing. And so they've got two days of really fun conversations with top designers in the world of Webflow and just the world of web design. Yes, they're powerful in the world of Webflow, but also these three stand out and these six really all stand out on their own. Even without Webflow, they would be super successful in this space. 
And so come listen to them talk about design and how they approach projects, how they work with Webflow, lots of different things. Um, we will be streaming this as well. So you can go RSVP. All the uh, notes and details for this are in the description of this video. Um, so if you're interested to learn more about that, check out the description. Uh, the RSVP link is there. Um, the event will be taking place inside of Gather. We'll be streaming it here on YouTube. Um, going to be lots of fun, great networking. Uh, I know Melissa and Keith have lots of fun stuff planned for that event. So be sure not to miss that. And uh, with that being said, let's get to it. Joe, uh, do we have any disclaimers today? We do. Attributes API is in early release. This product will evolve over time, and we've just released the most important parts of it. CMS core, CMS filter, CMS load. The API needs to be documented for all the other solutions, and that's going to come probably in a few months. But with filter and load and core, you're really able to do most of what you're asking to do. This custom filtering. Uh, custom loading of items onto the page. So it's early, but it, it, it really is powerful for a first release. We're very happy with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, disclaimer number two is that the API and the stuff we're talking about as it relates to this is going to require a little bit more technical knowledge than you may be used to in the world of Webflow or the world of no code. Um, this is not no code. This is where no code starts to meet the code. Um, and that is what an API is, right? And so uh, APIs are how code talks to itself, right? This is how code talks back and forth, right? This is um, the, the endpoints, if you will, for functionality. We talked the other day about front end as a service and SaaS has, you know, different functionality that provides. Well, all that functionality comes at the end of an endpoint, an API endpoint that then talks to other pieces of software. And this is how you build big modular pieces of structure, uh, of software, I'm sorry. Some of that is private, right? Some of that happens internally and some of that is open, available externally to other software to plug in, right? And this is what's powering a lot of evolution in the world of code. This is what really powered that entire episode. We talked about the front end as a service where um, companies are kind of taking these services and offering those endpoints in unique ways in other experiences so that you can use what that software does, what that code does. And so uh, we're gonna dive in and talk just a little bit about some of that. So um, as a audience prompt today, we wanna know what you might like to see next from attributes or the API. Um, and this may not be you know, something that all of you can answer to because maybe you don't know <laughs> what you want to see from an API, but uh, maybe as we go, things will spark your thoughts. And so these conversations are always very fluid and flow based on the conversation and the comments. So we encourage everyone uh, out there to yeah share your thoughts about stuff you'd like to see. If there's something that you don't understand, uh, we can't promise to answer it, um, but we did tease this Tuesday and uh, we, we are going to um, start doing this pretty regularly is having Alex on the show for a little bit more technical deep dive on some of these products. So stay tuned. We will announce the first date for that um, very soon in the near, uh, probably in the next week or two. That's really going to increase the technical knowledge of the community. If you're coming to those Alex streams, when we start them, they're going to be packed with really advanced technical content. And I'd like to start off the show, this topic, talking about your description of APIs, how they're communication tools, how they can help you communicate with products and communicate with other scripts and anything. That's communication, I think, is a it's a really nice no-code way to describe an API. And what this API, Attributes API, is doing is communicating with the features and the capabilities that we have inside the Attributes platform. So when you set up filter, when you set up load, when you set up sort, when you set up nest, we have a lot of code that manages that no-code attributes process. And the API is how you can communicate with those processes and change them past the default. It's a layer of customization on top of what's already been built in the no-code form. So yeah, API application programming interface, this is your interface into attributes. I think it's really cool. I, I love the way you described that, Rymar. So I wanted to, to continue that, that definition. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I do see that um, Jonathan Holding here is asking what is an AP. Can we answer the silly question? What is an API? 
so let's do this i mean you know let's just go to the google machine and see what happens <laughs> if we google api is the acronym for application programming interface which is a software intermediary that allows two applications to talk to each other so each time you use an app like facebook send an instant messenger check the weather on your phone you're using an api um so essentially that's you know what i described it's it's a it's a touch point it's an endpoint in the software that allows two pieces of software to talk to each other um and it's used in a, in a number of different ways in software development to again trigger an action on one end that create that sends data to an endpoint or holds data at an endpoint and then another piece of software another thing then says hey let me grab that data and then it pulls it into that software and then that software does whatever it's gonna to do to it and maybe then serves it up to another endpoint. And that endpoint can be internal, external, um, and, and yeah, that, there's a lot of things you can do with that uh, without getting much deeper here. So ho hopefully that answers your question, um, Jonathan. And um, yeah, there's nothing silly about that. Um, I think yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we take for granted technical stuff, but we're not necessarily, you know, the most technical folks in the no-code space. So it's okay to kind of jump in and ask some of these things. Um, Rahul is asking a very serious question, Joe. Can, Ooh, I, can, can the API make Joe sing? That functionality has not launched yet. Uh, we're, we're thinking later this year. So right now, no, but, but just wait, wait on that. Okay. All right, let's what else do we have? Um, looking to see if there's anything in the comments here before we move forward. No, it doesn't look like it. So um, nice. where did my, oh, <laughs> I left it zoomed in my show notes. We're in the, the screen I zoomed into. Let me get it back out of that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what, um, let's recap. What, 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 what does this thing do? What is the attributes, what, what we launched? You know, what does that do? What can people do with this? Um, you know, I can bring up the website here again. We can walk through that just, but let's recap real quick for the folk um, what exactly this attributes API is and what it does. Sure. Perfect. Okay, so when you're on the attributes website, finsuite.com slash attributes, you can go to this attributes tab and this is now separate documentation from our no code solutions, right? This API is how we communicate with the no-code solutions, where you set up all the attributes on the page. And this API, the heart of it is CMS Core. CMS Core is a way to programmatically manage the items and the lists in a, of a dynamic list. So you're able to manage the CMS list the item. You can remove certain items from your list. You can add additional items to your list. So in the example of our GitHub, pulling in from GitHub, which is what you see right here, we're removing something from the page and we're replacing it with this. And then we have the table of contents on the left. So we can, yeah, we, we just have a lot of control programmatically of how we manage lists and items. And if you watch the tutorials, it gives a really good visual of this working. Even if you don't know how to code and you're not really interested in learning how to code, just watch that. This is such a nice, simple example showing how Alex has a CMS list, removes the items from the list, pulls in the data from another source, binds the data to a template item in Webflow from the list, and now we have a CMS list populated with other data. And now we can go and filter through that data in video two. So yeah, you got to watch these videos. I watch them. I'm not a coder. I'm not going to follow these. But just watching how this works, I think it really opens up your your mind of what this API does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I watched um, the first one uh, in full again yesterday. Just kind of had it playing in the background. Um, it's good to just kind of absorb some of this stuff, even if you're not going to use it, because you do start um, hearing and understanding some of these terms that maybe you come across in other parts of what you're exploring and you're learning and your no code stuff and your um, travels across the tech world. And so whatever exposure you can have to this and understanding how it ties back to Webflow, even if you're not using it directly, just kind of helps orient yourself, you know, when you're dealing with this stuff in any other way. And so, um, 
And like we talked about in the show Tuesday, when you do need it, then you can come back and maybe you're a little bit more familiar because you've heard it once or, you know, you have this direct application now that you want to go and, and, and put it together with. So, um, and look, look, look at this right here. So this is the template of this video, that card. And you can see it's duplicated a whole bunch of times. This is a normal CMS list. And these templates are going to be defined as the templates with code. And then when we pull that external data in from the store API, we're going to take that template and say, this image should be binded to this URL. This heading should be binded to this piece of the JSON. This category binded to this piece of the JSON. And we duplicate those cards in the list, essentially creating a CMS collection list from an external source. Now, it's very important to know that this API is not a tool for bringing in data. There's nothing specific for calling data from an API. This is JavaScript. This is just how JavaScript works. What this API does is helps you manage that data in Webflow. It helps you have a template structure like this and populate the collection list. It helps attributes filter, attributes load, attributes sort, understand that this data exists and filter through it just like you would a normal Webflow CMS collection list. So that's, that's what you see in this video. And Alex goes through this step by step by step visually. So yeah, really recommend watching these. Can we just talk through that process a little bit, Joe? Um, yeah. Like here, as, as, as we see this element, I see there's a collection list. Is this just, you know, you create a collection list with fields that match? Does the collection list have to have all of the fields that the API has? Um, or do you just need to design elements that represent, you know, the data and then you can bind those elements to that, uh, to, to, you know, the, the, um, the templates, cause I see it's using a collection list. So you can't just kind of add an element and bind it to anything. It has to be a collection list. Um, can we talk a little bit about how that's, that's working or is that, is that too technical, um, for us to dive into? I, I think I can explain some of this. Uh, we, we work in the collection list because we're still using attributes as a filter system, right? We're, when you're implementing the filter, you're still adding the attributes to the page. We're not, you're not filtering with the code. You're still adding the attributes to the page. The code is just an addition to the attributes and the attributes have to go on the collection list. They go, the the list elements goes on the list. The All the individual fields have attributes on them. So that all stays the same. So there's no reason to change the structure. We use the collection list because it's there for us in Webflow. Uh, but it doesn't have to be binded to a collection. It doesn't have to be connected to a collection. So a specific collection. The fields don't have to be binded. We're just using it for the structure, for the styles, so that we can build our template item visually in Webflow like we normally would. You would start building just like you're working in Webflow CMS. But instead of binding in designer, you are binding those fields in the code from an external source. Nice. Does that answer the question? I think so. I think what I was okay. trying to get to was, um, is the CMS list in Webflow telling the API something specifically like, hey, this is an array of something or you know, like when we, like if we go to this attributes API page where this, these pages are pulling from GitHub, are these, mm -hmm. um, is this, these are template pages then, you know, I, I, I'd be interested to know, um, like if we don't have, like if I looked in the Webflow CMS, would I see mm -hmm. an API page called an item called CMS core? And then this is just replacing it yeah. or, or, or how, how is that happening? This right here is a Webflow CMS page. We are managing the API docs in as Webflow CMS template pages. But when you go to this template page, there it just says loading GitHub here. And we say, okay, we're on this template page, GitHub, take this key, give me this the documentation of this key and put it here on this page, render it here on this page. There's no collection list here. This isn't a collection list setup. It's, Got it. It's a single item setup. Got it. Um, but we could have, let's say, a collection list on the bottom, um, and we can 
yeah, the, the, there's really no limitations. You can cross use Webflow or can be completely separate from Webflow if you want. You know, we don't have to build this on a Webflow CMS template page. We could have just had a static page and put our own key system in. But we know Webflow CMS. We want to use Webflow CMS as much as possible. So it's like a hybrid model. Hmm. And really, it comes down to JavaScript. Your limitations with Attributes API is your knowledge of JavaScript, which, of course, we all have limitations in, right? Nobody knows everything about JavaScript. So, yeah, the options, I really see them as endless. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to bring up this comment here from downtown Berlin who says, why do you stress the term no code so much if this API is not even low code? I mean, it's an API with documentation and not any configurator or UI. What's the point? Um, well, we're in the no code industry. And so this is like language people use. And so that's why we use it. Um, cause it also helps us connect the dots. Uh, we are converging from like no code, you know, web flows, like a no code tool into the code space. And so, um, this is, you know, this like no code is a moniker, like a marketing term. Um, and so w not all of us are in love with the term, but it is a term that's kind of used ubiquitously across the space. And so a lot of times it just comes up as uh, as part of the conversation. Um, but I think this does push the limits of taking code into a no code world, right? This allows you to start bringing some of that stuff. And, um, I think no code is really just a, a blurring of the line. I like the idea of visual software development more than I like no code. But um, yeah, <laughs> Corey's saying right here, no code but is a gateway we, drug. Can we go back? Can we go back to that? Yeah. Gosh. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this is an API for a no code tool. Mm -hmm. We're leading with our no code tool. This is a new feature of a no code tool, but still, our top priority is attributes, which is a no code tool. So we're just saying, hey, use the no-code tool. Like, this is what we want you to use. We hope this works for every use case you have. But in the event that it doesn't work for your, your use case, we have this API that you can write code on top of for the no-code solution. Most companies have this, including Webflow. Yeah. Webflow is no-code, no-code, no-code. But they have an API that you can use in the event that the no-code tool does not satisfy your native requirements. Right. So, yeah, this is... We're not stressing one or the other. It's we just want to give you all the tools you need to do your job. Correct. Correct. Uh, let's see. Um, so would this be what Integramat or Zapier do under the hood? Basically, that's super powerful. No. No. Not even close. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Integramat or Zapier is like. Um, I guess if we're talking about front end as a service, that's kind of like a back end as a service where those tools let you pull data from somewhere, let's say Webflow, but Webflow serves that to you at an endpoint through an API. And then Zapier and Integramat grabs that. And then Integramat or Make now will run it through some kind of workflow that you can configure and make. Or Zapier has all these like little pre compiled automations that you can say, hey, when this happens, then do that, then do this. All that's doing is pulling and accessing APIs and different things from other software and running those automations in some kind of sequence and then serving those results to another place that you can then do something with that or trigger something or uh, send an email or add a lead to a something or whatever that action is. Um, this API doesn't let you do any of that. At some point, if you wanted to write a script with this, you could now write a custom hook, I think, with this API to Zapier and maybe have it filter your Webflow site for some reason. If something happens over here, maybe filter your Webflow site and that would be a Zapier thing that creates a hook that talks to this API that then triggers the filtering on your Webflow site, but it doesn't replace any of that functionality. This isn't doing any of that automated triggering. None of that is happening with this API. This is just allowing you to kind of write code on top of attributes or trigger something in attributes with your own little JavaScript. Uh, did I, did I get that right, Joe? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's, you could do that with JavaScript. So it, that works. Um, let's bring up a comment from Adrian and then right after from John Matias, sure. Adrian says, so you can dynamically populate a model, a modal or any other element. And then John says, so the attributes API isn't intended to be a tool to bring in data from external sources. Instead, it's a tool to help manage data that is coming from an external source. Is that accurate? 
There's a lot of questions here about the external sources. And I want to make this very clear. This is not a tool. There's no special helpers for bringing the data in. This is something you can do with JavaScript. The reason why we keep talking about bringing data in from external sources is because this is the top use case for the API. You bring in that data and then you do something with attributes. The key to this API is there needs to be a use case in the no-code attributes. If there is no use case to use attributes as a platform, you have no use for the API. This isn't a calling information API. It's just something that once it comes into Webflow. So with Adrian's comment, so you can dynamically populate a modal or any other element, yes, but we haven't done anything with attributes yet. I mean, you could do that with JavaScript. You don't need attributes API to, to go and do that. So. I need to filter and I need to do it in this special way that when somebody clicks this filter, uh, they get sent an email in their authenticated account, right? That's what I can do. I can run those filters and when those filters are running, I can write JavaScript on top of that. Or I need to load more items. You know, maybe I want to have an external data source come in and I want to do that load more effect where I click it and load more, click it and load more. We can do that with the attributes API, but the JavaScript to bring that data in isn't, isn't attributes API. We just help you better work with that. When you filter, when you load, when you sort, when you nest, when you do anything with attributes, right? Is that clear? And if, if, if I said that and, and there's still questions about this, please ask, I want to make it very clear. Yeah, I think we should spend a little bit more time kind of running through that um, okay. just to make sure we understand it. So you have to bring the data. The data needs to be being served up from somewhere else. The attributes API is not handling the data. It's not manipulating the data. It's not doing anything outside of what you might do, again, with attributes functionality like a filter, like a sort like a load more um, when those things become available. Obviously, they're not all available yet, right? We just have the filter and the sort right now along with the core. But as those things come through, um, you, you know, you're still going to need something else. And that's I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And Joe, maybe this is um, a place to, to do that because you, you may you may still need something like uh, like a whiz right to, to authenticate the data you know this is a wizd is a tool for working with external data inside of webflow more so than this attributes api this attributes api again is just something about you know do you need something to happen on that filter action do you are you pulling this external data in from somewhere else and you want to append you know the, the collection to do a pagination or to do some kind of you know continuous loadings whatever as they scroll um, but if you, if you wanted like to restrict that data to somebody who was logged in, that's not here. You know, you would need something else on top of that. If you wanted to have some kind of authentication or some kind of payment mechanism or some kind of logic connected to the action so that if that data, um, needs to be acted upon, or if you want people to add that data or do something with that data, all of those things need to happen somewhere else. You know, none of those things are, are things you can do with this API. So I guess um, for whatever that is, I don't know if maybe I muddied the water even more there, but um. it's a good use case. It's an interesting one with WISD because with WISD, what it allows you to do is call an API and then render that data on your Webflow site. So you can do this in a no code way, but you still need to filter that data once it gets to your Webflow site, mm -hmm. right? Imagine a whole list of items and they're all on the Webflow site. But now, how do I filter those items? Using the attributes API, you can say, hey, this data is coming in from WISD. Let's recognize it in the collection list. Let's understand what this data is. And now let's go filter it. So you'd be able to bring that data in, another source, no code, and now use the attributes API to make sure that the filter works on top of it. Correct. Correct. Uh, and Juan, you, you nailing it right here. For example, if I bring data from Xano, I could use this as a sort filter or load the data. Sure. Correct. Yep. Correct. Exactly. But Xano's still going to be doing everything 
that relates that data, Xano's serving up the API to pull, like, so they're serving up an endpoint that sends the data. And so all, you know, the attributes API is, is doing is again, letting you organize that using the attributes functionality inside of Webflow. Um, and then obviously mapping it to, to the page, you know, like, like uh, Alex showed in his, in his demo. Right. So if you watch those demo part one and part two and you want to see how to take that data and replace your Webflow collection list with that data. Cool. Then you bring the attributes in. You can sort that data. Um, but you still need, like Juan is saying here, you need that data somewhere and you need a feed of that data coming from from a place. Yes. And also, it's important to know that you don't have to work with external data. We keep giving this external data example because Naturally, when we built this for ourselves, the first five or six examples we built were all from external sources because that's our direct need. But you can also do this right from Webflow CMS. You can set up a normal attribute system, totally working, not external data. And let's say if somebody filters um, a car for over $100,000 and filters BMW, Mercedes, or Audi, this person gets a cookie and when we when they submit a web form, we know that they're looking for a premium car, right? They're, we can do anything. We can write JavaScript on top of that filter sequence and identify that user better, right? It's JavaScript, so it it lets us really manage and understand the whole filtering process. Yeah. Um, and I, there's a question from Charlie mm -hmm. about Noble. Sorry if this was covered. It wasn't. Will the API essentially replace, replace your noble feature for Airtable? This is totally different from noble. Noble sends data from Webflow to Airtable or Airtable to Webflow. It's a tool to help you sync that data back and forth. The attributes API is for filtering that data, whether it's living in Webflow or living in Airtable. When we bring data in from Airtable through an API, that's not going to be very SEO friendly. We're going to be pulling it in from that API and rendering it on the page. So if you have a data set that doesn't require any SEO, this may be a good option for you, right? Pull the data in, render it, filter through it with attributes API. Noble is, is valuable because it sends it to Webflow CMS. That's now server-side rendered in Webflow. And now that is SEO-friendly. And you, don't need, you, you may not even need the Attributes API if you're using Noble. That would almost be a reason to say, I don't need the Attributes API. So Charlie, nope, these are two different things, not sunsetting Noble. We're actually working on an update. We, we had a little bit of trouble finding the resources for our next update. They started two weeks ago, and we have a really nice update plan for Noble. So not sunsetting, we're sunrising it. We are bringing it back to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah and um, due to some, you know, some recent changes to how Webflow handles their API bringing data in, uh, Noble actually just got a little boost. Uh, videos are now all supported in Noble as well. So um, if you've been using Noble, uh, you'll, you'll see that now you can send videos and those will all render in supported formats in Webflow. So that's cool to see too. Caleb is asking, so if you're just using Webflow CMS for data, is there any reason to use the attributes API instead of the no-code version? Hmm. There could be. I gave the example before about tagging somebody with a cookie if they are searching for premium cars. Um, maybe there is a use case for... Tagging users is the first thing that comes to yeah. my mind. Somebody, somebody does enough filters, maybe they run enough filters, and now they get this tag like, ooh, this is a hot lead. Let's show them a pop-up in the bottom right of the screen because this person is obviously interested. They spent 10 minutes filtering through things. Mm -hmm. So you can you can change the experience and customize the experience for a user inside the project, regardless of where the data is coming from. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, as usual, we're far, far away from our script. Uh, what? 
So let's go back and think about what possibilities this opens up for, um, you know, in Webflow outside of that. Have we covered everything? You, the ability to add custom functionality. Can we talk a little bit about that? What might, I mean, obviously um, what we just talked about is one thing, you know, so the example of marking or tagging somebody inside of a system for taking some kind of action, but what else might somebody want to build on top of this? Like, um, I know we talked about maybe that custom search functionality that somebody suggested uh, in the comments Tuesday, but well, what else would somebody maybe want to build custom JavaScript for on top of the attributes? Do you have any idea on use cases for that? Well, I probably should have created a little list of these things. We were, uh, we use the external data example so much because that's what we're actively doing with it. Uh, let, let me, let me think of some, I got one. Sometimes we have clients with very specific requests, way too specific. On the first click of load more, I want five items to load. Then I want 10 items to load. Then I want 50 items to load. I believe you can do this with the API. You can customize how that data is loaded in what segments or, or iterations. Um, and yeah, really be able to, to manage every single piece of that load more instance. Right. So that happens sometimes. Clients ask for something and we're like, hey, the default is you have to pick a number and then that's just what the number is. But with this, you know, that that limitation, you don't have to follow the default, right? Anytime you want to break that default that we have set for you, and there's no option to change the default with the API, you can probably change that default. Yeah. Yeah, and I see Alex uh, typing something Ooh, in here Alex saying, here. yeah, save us, Alex. No, <laughs> keep in mind that attributes <laughs> yeah. API is meant for interacting with the internal logic of attributes, not only to fetch external data, but also for interacting with DOM elements when attributes renders them. Loading third-party libraries on top of attributes, programmatically setting custom values to filters, range sliders, um, et cetera. So I, I nice. think that's, that's kind of going along the lines of, Joe, what you were talking about there is making some nuanced changes to the native behavior of attributes. Or uh, yep. I like the custom values to range sliders or maybe somebody pre-filled out a form on one page and based on that form i want them to land on a page on my website that has the filter just right there for them you know and that can all happen through something like this um so yeah i think there's probably a ton of listening for events I, oh, go ahead can, can we go back i i love the uh loading third-party libraries yeah so a lot of times we get the request of, hey, I'm working with this slider library. I want the custom swiper JS or whatever, or I, we're using this special tooltip thing and the tooltips are not filterable. Well, now we can bring in those, those other libraries safely and have the filtering recognize mm. them. And that's important because maybe, well, and I don't know, uh, would that work with like Webflow slider or CMS tabs or some of those that are bringing the Webflow dynamic content into like a CMS element? And then you could write JavaScript on top of that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I, we, we don't have the API support for, for sliders and that stuff just for yet. slider correct, or tab. Correct. But yes, that is exactly correct. You would be able to programmatically manage the CMS slider solution, the CMS tab solution, and then hopefully all of those together. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex finishes his thought there, listening for events like render items, switch page, et cetera, to tr trigger custom actions when desired uh, and much, much more. So, um, yeah, I think it comes down to, again, personalizing that experience. Right. Why would somebody want to filter a big collection? Well, to make it easier for the user to get through that content. Right. And so a lot of this stuff is about providing a better user experience allowing the user to manipulate data on the page. This is what a lot of attributes does, right? The click to copy, the, the little things that, that um, again, they're just quality of life improvements inside of Webflow. And so adding something on that, maybe that's the fun of this. And that's, I think that's the fun of all of APIs, right? A lot of times as a software company, you're just like, hey, here's a thing that we do with our data on our side, but here's an API 
which is just going to serve that data up in a way that we don't know what you're going to do with it. That's why it's out here. It's out here for you to grab it and do whatever you're going to do with it and then come back and do something else with that. And that's the fun, I think, of software. And that's where you can build and fun. And that's that's where I think uh, the visual software developers who really cut their teeth in this space over the next 10 years, a couple years, really, are going to be the ones who find ways to take those random APIs, those endpoints, those front ends as a service and compile that all into unique inventions. This is gonna be a whole new form of invention, I think, uh, moving forward is taking data from one place, taking data from another place, you creating some way that kind of does something with that data and then presenting that data in a new form to a whole new audience. Um, I, I really am bullish on that type of experience for businesses moving forward. Alex has a great example when using a custom slider library like Slick.js plus CMS load, you can dynamically add new slides to Slick.js when CMS loads, loads them. Perfect. So you can, you, you know, the click to load more and we're going to load more items underneath the existing items. You can add those items to a slider experience. So this is still living in Webflow CMS. This is not working with external data. But now you get to completely customize exactly what you want for that filtering, loading experience. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, because Alex follows up another one here, but Arvind asks, are you thinking to do something in analytics? Uh, I don't know that we are, but you could be. And Alex is saying you could even push analytics events to the data layer when the mm -hmm. user applies a filter. So again, you could use that to do things like setting parameters in a G tag, or if you're using some kind of lead scoring, or if you're trying to pass some information for, again, like some custom interaction or some kind of modal or some other event trigger, you know, maybe you want on form redirect if they've done X to take them to one place versus take them somewhere else, right? <laughs> maybe there's some, some, some simple, like really you could just get as crazy as you wanted here, I think. Um, but what you can't do, and going to Ferdy's point here, is no, this is not a solution for the 10,000 item limit. This has nothing to do with that. This goes back to what we were talking about with Noble um, versus this. It's two completely different worlds. You know, the 10,000 item CMS limit is a hard Webflow limit for their internal CMS. This has nothing to do with that. This is literally just allowing you to have ability to write some extra functionality on top of attributes. And again, call that functionality uh, with external data when you're displaying it on your Webflow site. But again, nothing to do with the CMS. Adrian, I was thinking something like a geo directory of locations or maybe a university research dashboard. Yeah, right. You know, you, you get these live maps, you get these geolocated maps and you're pulling in that that data location from the user's browser how do you manage okay now we have the user's browser we have a whole bunch of potential closest locations so now you can write some javascript to say hey we know the user's location here we have the user's location in a webflow cms item or an external item and now let's go and check these two data locations and filter the list based on the closest location. So yeah, Adrian, absolutely. This is a great use case. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, so that gives us the possibilities, right? I think that's kind of what's possible and what does this open up in Webflow? Um, do we want to talk a little bit about long term or where we're, we're maybe headed with this or, or what we kind of see as, as next steps for for um, us and, and where we're headed with all of this, Joe? Well, we don't know too much more than we're going to implement all of the other solutions in the API. That's really the next, the next update with the API, getting all those solutions over. I don't have much more to say after that. I think we really need to see how people use it mm -hmm. uh, and then really react based on that. We don't know. We don't know what's going to come from this. We have some ideas. We're talking about some use cases, but you know, we really need to see how this community reacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I'd be interested to know what's going through your heads out there as you're listening. You know, like um, 
Is there anything immediately that you're like, oh, I'd like to do this? Is this something you're just kind of watching? I see the the chat's a little slow today. So is this something most people are just kind of watching to learn a little bit more because now we're in the technical weeds of, of stuff and because most of us lose our ability to swim in water where code's involved? You know, I know for myself, as soon as I, uh, as soon as I get into this, I feel like I'm, you know, kind of just well into water way over my head. So um, if that's if that's the case, uh, let us know how we can maybe make this more approachable. If that's not the case, let us know, you know, what, what's got you excited or, or what are you thinking about as, as you see um, some of this rolling out here. Um, and don't forget that, let, yeah, let's touch this first. The more use cases people bring up, the better we'll define the API so they can potentially cover them. That's exactly correct. If you tell us what you want and we hear enough people say the same thing, we're going to probably do it. So tell us, hey, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this. And when we hear the same use case, we're going to focus on that use case. Currently, the API is based on our own internal use cases at FinSuite, but this can't cover everything. So if people have ideas, say them so we can consider them for the API. Exactly. Yeah. Also, don't, don't look down on this if you are a non-technical person. Remember that this is an add-on to attributes. So still, the product is attributes. We are always going to be no code first with attributes, where when we release an attribute, it's going to have the no code solution. After that no code solution is defined, then we go and release the attributes API. So this is not a shift in the platform. This is not, hey, we were focusing on no code. Now we're going the code route. Mm -mm. We are no code. And now we have this really cool add-on for those people that do need to write code. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and a lot of times just going back to, um, you know, where FinSuite is headed next and, and why, you know, we solve this and really, um, what Alex is saying that, that it's based on our use cases is that we're on the front edge, like the companies typically that we're working with are, are a lot of times pushing the limits of what's needed in Webflow because their business requires it, you know, because maybe they're coming from some custom solution and they're looking to get their marketing team uh, the ability to use Webflow and to start taking advantage of some of the benefits of this, but they still have some of these higher level technical requirements that come along with some of the more established or flexible options. And so as we encounter these problems, the whole suite of FinSuite products has really evolved from trying to solve those problems for clients and then trying to translate those into tools, those, those solutions into tools that other people can do to replicate the same thing selfishly to give them to other people on the team so that if they come into the hurdle, they don't have to like, spend the same time doing that work and then also to just open it up to help the industry grow which is you know just a, a vision of joe's from the beginning with finsuite and something that we've continued on to this day is really just trying to empower the folks that use these tools to be able to do their job better uh, and not always necessarily charging to nickel and dime and so again that goes back to this functionality why we're solving these problems maybe you don't understand exactly why it works but uh, some of this come from a real world use case that i think will start to present themselves more and more and more in webflow as more companies come as these implementations of Webflow become more technical and as people need this kind of stuff. And so just because you don't understand it yet, you know, just to Joe's point, or just because you don't see an immediate use case for it, um, you know, don't dismiss it. Don't think it's not useful for you. It could be uh, right around the corner from a need from yours uh, that maybe your next client's going to come to you and you'll soon be coming back to this like, ah, thank goodness FinSuite was here for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> We have a great comment from Elay. It's good for a careers page. You can pull the data from external API and then you don't need to manage the CMS, but still use the power of filter attributes and custom design. This is a great example. And we use this, we're going to be using this a lot on our client sites. Let's take an integration like Greenhouse. This is a very popular integration for larger companies. Greenhouse has one option where they're going to serve you a list of all the jobs in JSON. And this is a public job board. Anybody can access this JSON, which means we can just write some code, grab that data, bring it into the site. We already do this a lot for our clients. 
But if a client were to say, hey, I want to filter these jobs now in addition, this would now be a custom thing. It would require additional JavaScript, and we definitely would not be able to have a full feature set like we have in attributes. So now we are going to pull this data in, and now we're going to be able to filter the data with attributes using the attributes API. So we have a filterable greenhouse job board on our careers page. I click that job, I go off to the greenhouse site, and now everything is great. Yeah. Totally integrated. So yeah. great use case here. Which is also one even step further from what some what most people I see doing with like a greenhouse, which is just they don't even grab the JSON and display it. They're just gonna grab the embed. You know, I'm mm -hmm. just gonna go to the greenhouse site, I'm gonna go to the dashboard and I'm gonna grab whatever my embed is, and I'm gonna go create an iframe on my website and I'm gonna stick this awkward like you know, inset scroll inside a scroll thing on my page. It's going to be real shitty for my users to experience. Or you can grab the API, like Joe just said, bring it right into a CMS list, like Eli's saying here, and then you style it and now it looks beautiful. You're using attributes filtering. It matches the exact aesthetic of your website and your client's like, oh, so happy. And you can charge lots and lots of money for that. You know, way more, yeah. like way, like thousands of dollars versus just, oh yeah, we can embed that on your careers page, no big deal. Or, you know, you can add a couple thousand dollars to your project and really just take this over the top. Um, so taking it back to, yeah. I know this ain't a growth episode, but we're always trying to tie this back to sales. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can make money from the attributes API. If you learn how this works, you learn the basics of the code, you can charge more for things, yeah. right? When we, when we offer a careers job integration with Greenhouse, we have five options, five clear options. So I think now we're going to beef up option five and option four, and we're going to be selling more of those higher tier ones and we're going to take less time to build them. So yeah, this is a, we can't get away from the growth. It's going to come on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Naya saying, I'm curious for how this can work for job boards. Uh, rewind that uh, just a couple minutes there. We were talking about how you may be able to sort the data coming from a green, uh, like a, a jobs API. You just need an API. Um, watch those videos that are in the description, part one and part two, for how to pull that data into Webflow. And then you can just use Webflow and attributes to, to sort that. Um, again, this is not working with the Webflow CMS. So if you're looking to do, uh, I'm sorry, it does work with the Webflow CMS uh, as long as you're using attributes. But what we're talking about pulling this external data is not bringing that into Webflow CMS. So just, just note that there's a clear differentiation if you're pulling external data from an API versus what's inside of Webflow as a CMS. Uh, here's one, Joe. Joe, can we use FS search filter with geolocation in the future, like restaurants near me? Yeah, I think that's a, that's kind of like we that can. use case we were talking about, right? You can do this, but this will never be native. This is a great example of something that we're, I can't see this being native inside attributes. It has to use other services. There's other, there's a lot of things going on there, mm -hmm. but now you have the ability to build this and the filtering and the sorting and the searching is going to be automated through attributes. Yeah. So we won't build it, but you now can build it. Yep. Downtown Berlin, I would have a bunch of use cases or gaps to close. Where do you want them? Well, you can send them in Stokesmith smoke signals. I think uh, the fax number is in the YouTube description. <laughs> you could fax them to our home office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You can leave them as comments here or uh, send us a message in our Slack or become a pro and join one of our channels. Um, yeah. John Matias, this has definitely been helpful and informative. I'm banking this for now until I have a specific use case. Yeah, I think that's what a lot, a lot of folks will be too. Um, and this yeah. is again very early going back to the disclaimer, you know, that this is like super early in the phase of this and it will evolve. Um, again, we're just kind of defining fully defining these apis and how they work and and what we're going to do with all of them and so um yeah we're, i think we're doing some of the same thing on, on our ends too just really again taking on a use case basis we find a problem we figure out how to solve it we turn that into a solution and then we look for the next problem <laughs> that's like yeah. the, the never-ending cycle of thin suite <laughs> penny i'm taking it all in and feeling grateful for tools like these that make it possible to stretch the capabilities of my business yes thank you penny that is exactly what we're going for 
Thank you. Yeah, nice. Uh, Pierre, yeah, shout out Pierre. Hello everyone, too busy to work today. Just dropping in for, uh, give a quick like and show some love. Can't wait to watch a replay. Looks like you're stepping the bar once again. Yeah, shout out Pierre. Nice. Pierre's uh, one of those super technical users that looks to get into weeds with uh, some of the code stuff and some of the Integromat, real complex um, automation workflows and stuff. So I could see Pierre being um, one of the types to, to nerd out on this. Mm-hmm. Susan, I was thinking this could help create a niche business and people from this niche don't need to go into Webflow, but just add data to a spreadsheet. Um, yeah, sure. So using a spreadsheet as the CMS, sure. If that data does not need to be SEO friendly and you're just displaying it on the front end, sure, absolutely. I want to take this one step further, Joe, and throw the little Atmos uh, idea out that we teased the other day right. because... I think people are start. Yeah, Susan, you're on, you're so on to this. I think I think um, I think you don't know how close you are to something really important to the future of Webflow. Um, and we talked about this on that front end as a service thing because there is still a really high technical curve, even to the simplest web builder. You know, for the average person, right? We make our living building websites, and so for us to geek out on all this tech and Webflow is a super powerful tool, great, that's amazing. But it may as well still be Greek to my mom, <laughs> you know, no matter how easy you make this stuff. But my mom knows how to use Facebook and my mom knows how to use, uh, you know, some social media and she knows how to use email and some of these other things. She knows how to use a spreadsheet. So to what you're saying here, we still need to find ways to give people tools to leverage some of these things that we're building in very unique and interesting ways. Um, I may or may not be hinting. If you want to go watch the show and tell, we did a little sneak peek of something. But I do think giving people the ability to build Webflow websites without any of this technical complexity is still a huge layer that's going to open this up to lots of folks. So I agree. I think um, lots of people will be looking for ways to do this, to give the audience themselves ways to contribute to Webflow sites with zero technical hurdle. Um, and I, I think that's a big market yet to be tapped. Totally agree. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm really excited for the use cases. Like what you, what you just said that we're going to see products that try to fix this problem. We're going to see workflows that try to fix this problem. We'll see updates from Webflow as a platform that tried to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is, uh, this, this will continue to to grow and to change as this this industry continues. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, really interesting. I would even expect one more layer of abstraction to come from Webflow, one major layer of abstraction to come from Webflow in this regard. And I think they're seeking that out with like um, symbols and their components and things like that, where again, take the component marketplace one step further and make it into a thing that starts to look more like um, like WordPress themes you know, or, or Squarespace themes, right? So that more people can come into Webflow with editor style tools or less full design functionality tools and work on selecting, okay, almost like a Reloom does, you know, but more native to Webflow where you're just kind of, and I can build a page. Um, so maybe I'm a marketer and in my Webflow library as a company, I have a big style guide with, you know, 50 different templates that I can just draw, drag and drop from. And now I can build in Webflow without again, having to build those components structurally myself. I can just grab mm -hmm. this piece off the top. I grab my little landing page section. I grab my form element. And next thing you know, I've got this page built. And I think there will be a whole layer of Webflow industry commerce at that, at that level. I think people will have big businesses. If you look at the um, WordPress theme market, if you look at the Squarespace theme market, like they're massive. I bet it. I bet the theme market in WordPress is exponentially bigger than Webflow. Like as a business, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, there's lots and lots, like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of themes um, and theme builders and businesses that sell little widgets on top of that. So I, I have to imagine in general, it's just, something that the Webflow world is going to evolve into. And that's that's an interesting niche, I think. That's, again, one more layer of uh, technical complexity abstracted away um, inside of this platform. Deep. Deep. Deep for a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Could we build dashboards using this? Grab data from Google Analytics. Absolutely. If you can do it with JavaScript, it can be integrated into Attributes API. And then yes, you can take that Google Analytics information and have something happen. Have different things happen when the filters run. Have different parameters that are being filtered by. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then again, remember, you're not manipulating the data, you're not doing a whole lot with the data other than displaying it, and then whatever the attributes can do. If you're trying to do something else with that data, if you're trying to like have logic or something based on that data, then you would need some other system to do that. That's where you need an Integromat, that's where you need a make, or I'm sorry, a make, or that's where you need a Zapier or a Wizd or something or, like that. Or a JavaScript. Or JavaScript, or JavaScript. correct, or JavaScript, right. right. Uh, Question from Harsh. Mm -hmm. Harsh Verma, can I integrate Payment Gateway with Attributes API? Well, no, I don't see a use case for this. What is the Payment Gateway? Harsh, you have to think, what can I use Attributes for for this Payment Gateway? So you need to first define the question, how am I using Attributes as a platform in conjunction with this Payment Gateway? And when you have an answer to that, then you can start thinking about the API. But my initial thought to this is no, there's no clear use case for me. The only thing I could see in that context is you could filter out payment gateways. So let's say you had something with options on a, on a screen and you were filtering those options and then you wanted only those payment options that were sortable to the options that were on screen or something like that, maybe, you know, but I don't, okay. again, you're yeah. not really integrating the payment gateway with API. You're just kind of conditionally showing some, but I don't, I, I still, I don't even know that that's a real, I'm kind of like pulling straws here. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could do that, but I think there's an easier way to yeah, do that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just making shit up. Don't really listen to that last part, you know. <laughs> um, let's see. Zach's saying one-to-one -one watchers to likes ratio. Yeah, I know. Now we got to start. We don't take the likes away, but go find us some new user, you know, some new viewers to raise if you go. <laughs> Um, let's see, Nicola Toledo is asking, do you think it will be possible to integrate the API with Webflow logic? That's so hard to say. I mean, yeah, no, I just don't know anything about Webflow logic. No. Okay. Yeah. Penny's jumping on the okay. Susan McPhee. Anything that can help a client feel more comfortable working with the tools they already know is easier. Yeah. 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 Right. That's a great point, Penny. Uh, sometimes we get technical clients clients that are sometimes more technical than the people working on the project. Let's say we're working with a development team so that the development team can hand off the marketing site and never touch it again. This is common. When we go to that development team, if they see attributes, they may be impressed. When they see the API on top of it, they're like, whoa, okay, this is this like has a development platform on top of it. If we wanted to scale this or grow it or change it in the future, we could just write some code on top of it. So I, I would think that this gives development teams a little bit more confidence in moving forward with the attribute solution. Mm. Yeah. Marcia is asking, where was this two months ago? I don't know, where were Ooh. you two months ago? It's here now though, you know? <laughs> it, it didn't exist two months ago. It's here now, okay. All right, uh, I think that's about what we got for today. It's a good break point here. Thank you all for hanging. Joe, any little uh, final thoughts before we jump out of here? That's it. Stay on top of this conversation. If you're interested about this, come to the trainings that we'll give on it. Watch the videos, just get into it. Uh, it may take weeks or months to get a real grasp on how this works. But I promise you, if you do get a grasp on it, if you understand it, you now have extra superpowers. Yeah. So just, yeah, push through it. Yeah, and don't get frustrated if you don't have an immediate use case for this. Don't get frustrated if you think this is uh, out of your realm here or if it's over your head or what, whatever thought you know you may be having, don't, don't, don't just let that go, you know? Uh, we're gonna keep trucking along. There's lots of people working, like, I'm just a, a face for a lot of the stuff that's happening. You know, Joe's overseeing a lot of stuff that's happening, but there's lots of people on the other end of this that are pushing this stuff forward. Um, and so it can seem overwhelming, 
you know, to just one person trying to take this all in. But again, just take little pieces of it as you go. Just take the stuff that you need to learn as you go. Um, don't get discouraged because it seems like it's you're like you're drinking from the fire hose here. This is literally all the world of tech. And so um, just take the pieces that you need, the pieces that matter for you. If you're hanging out just to hang out, that's cool, too. Um, I, I think that's the, the, the fun of it is, is just learning, right? The perpetual learning in this space. So um, agreed. Let's see. Yeah, Harsh is saying I have attributes in my projects. You can share the link. Sure. Yeah, we're not going to review it live here on the stream, though. We're about to peel out. Uh, Vey is asking, when will we do another critique stream? I don't know. That's a good question. We should we should we should do that, especially now that we got. I know back when we were doing the critiques four guests plus uh, screen sharing was a little a little suspect. <laughs> so <laughs> now we'd, we'd, have a lot, we'd have a lot better uh, user experience for that. So uh definitely under consideration so okay thank you everyone we appreciate you all uh this has been a fun episode we will be back next week we're here every tuesday and thursday and then tomorrow once again we'll be here live with flochella 2k22 uh go rsvp for that let me bring let me just bring this back up here actually let's bring this url back up we'll go full screen on this on the way out jump into this uh event eureka.com forward slash the dash webflow fest uh the description the link is in the description so the link is in the description of this youtube video but we will be live streaming this tomorrow they will be in gather you should definitely jump in join the party that's going to be a lot of fun so anyway we'll see you all tomorrow if we don't see you tomorrow we'll catch you tuesday and if we don't catch you tuesday we'll catch you thursday and damn it if you're not here by thursday then i don't want anything to do with you okay all right <laughs> take care bye everyone Okay.